Hello and welcome to Plot Trists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing A Wicked Game by Kate Bateman. This was published in 2022 uh, and is the third in the Ruthless Rival series. Full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary copy of this book for our review. That's right. And I believe this is going to be our final episode of 2022. Bring on the new year. I reject that. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Ugh. But just a brief recap of uh, some behind the scenes things that you may not have been going on, may not have known were going on with the podcast, but we now have amazing equipment. You can probably hear because our voices just sound beautiful and clear. And you also probably can hear every time I take a drink of my water because I forget to mute myself. And I also want to mention, because we never do, but I'll mention it here, that we do have merch for sale. So if you're interested in buying Plotrists merchandise, you can find it at our website, which is plotrists.wordpress.com. And we're also organizing a dinner along with several other friends from Romancelandia with six historical romance authors, including Elizabeth Everett, Joanna Shoup, Amelie Howard, Sherris Michaels, and more. That's going to be happening in late April, April 28th in Alexandria, Virginia. If you're interested, please check our link tree. Um, if you go to our Instagram and click on the site, you will have, be able to buy a ticket and find out all the information there. And it's tied to a different event, right? So it's happening at the same time as a polycon. So if you are attending a polycon or maybe even just the signing at a polycon and you kind of want a little bit more historical romance instead of fantasy romance or bully romance or dark romance, then this is happening at the same time on the Friday night. Awesome. Okay. So we have reviewed the first two books in this series. So if you go back, uh, the first two Ruthless Rivals have been recorded in the last year and a half, I'd say. We've been knocking out Kate Bateman stuff. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think we'll just go right to the book jacket. If there's one thing impossible for a Davies to resist, it's a challenge from a Montgomery. A teasing bet. Shipwrecked and imprisoned thanks to an incorrect map, Captain Morgan Davies has returned to London to exact sweet revenge on the cartographer responsible for his suffering. He's also vowed to claim the winner's prize, three kisses, in a bet made with his longtime nemesis, the prickly, smart-mouthed Harriet Montgomery. His incarceration has clarified his feelings for her, but convincing the infuriating woman he wants to marry her is going to be his greatest challenge yet. When Harriet's revealed to be the very mapmaker he seeks, Morgan decides to combine revenge and seduction in one delightful package. A dangerous enemy. Harriet's always wanted witty scoundrel Morgan, and now he's back, as handsome and as taunting as ever. She has enough on her plate dealing with her father's failing eyesight and a rival mapmaker copying her work to play wicked games with the dastardly Davies, however tempting he might be. But when a threat from Morgan's past puts them both in danger, Harry discovers that she and Morgan might not be enemies at all. Okay, the only issue with this book jacket is that I thought it did a pretty good job until the end of not trying to make you feel like this was an enemies to lovers. 
Yeah. Because it is not. None of these books has been an enemies to lovers book. It's been a frenemies to lovers, right? Right. Like, it's it, as it says, it's roots with rivals. They're rivals. They're not actually enemies. And I think that's the biggest issue I have with the marketing of this entire series. I agree with that. I also want to say the paragraph you read has a sentence that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. She has enough on her plate with her father's failing eyesight and a rival Mac maker copying her work to play wicked games with a dastardly Davies. Mm-hmm. So if you take out all the qualifiers that she has enough on her plate to play games with a dastardly Davies, like I, as you were reading that, my eyes kept going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I know it's very, very nitpicky. I overall agree with you. Like I, the first paragraph, I think does a good job of not spoiling anything, but laying out the groundwork. It's, it's a fine jacket, but whenever I have to read something over and over to be like, wait, did I just miss something? I feel like it needs to be called out. Yeah, it's fair. So as usual, we generate a random number between one and 50 and and write our own summaries using that number as a word count. And after weeks and weeks of only having 25 numbers to work with because we were reviewing novellas, this week's number between one and 50 is eight. (laughs) I saw that and I was like, well, okay. (laughs) We follow the rules of the random. We do. So Meg, what is your eight word summary? (laughs) Here's my, here's my summary. Do these families know the meaning of feud? Absolutely not. No, they don't, which is fine. It's fine. Like, it doesn't even bother me, but I I have to roll my eyes a little bit with the whole feud thing. Yeah. It has been downplayed with each successive book. Yes. Like, they're almost making fun of the idea of it as a feud now. But you're right, the marketing does not follow suit. All right, what's your eight-word summary? Feud. Thank fucking God this is open door. Look, I have to tell you, one of Kate Bateman's greatest strengths is her spicy scenes, because she writes them very well. And this book has a lot of them, and they're all good. Like, all of them. I was just so relieved. That too. That Christmas novella put fear into my heart. I know. I know. All right. Tropes. As we said... Childhood frenemies to lovers. Yes. They they grew look, they grew up together, they played together, they almost had like a teenage dream kind of kiss. Right? Yep. But but didn't. And then she literally, she's like, I I want him to come home safe from the war. And the way I know that I can get him to come home safe is by making a kissing bet with him. Like the kissing bet is all her idea. Yep. There, there's no, they're not enemies. Okay. They have been aware of the fact that they have wanted each other since they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. So it's been more lust than hatred forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, they make a sex bet or a kissing bet. They make both actually in the book. They make a kissing bet. And then there's a sex bet later. Correct. It was good. No notes. Oh my God, pants. That's <laughs> always cute when that happens, right? He likes her ass and pants. Yeah, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, anyway, whatever. Not that much. I don't wonder that often. But whenever I read these books, I'm like, is it, is it really, like, am I just showing too much by just wearing pants every day? If I were wearing 
skirts every day, then when I did wear pants, my husband would be like, wow. I mean, I think modern dresses do more to show body type than the dresses these women would have been wearing too. Like, I think it's more of the contrast between like gigantic skirts that completely conceal a woman's legs and suddenly like something more form fitting than a woman's underwear. Well, and it's always, they always are wearing breeches too. They're never wearing just trousers and they're always breeches that are, you know, their cousins or their brother's old ones when they were little. So they don't quite fit around the waist or the hips or whatever. And it's just like, at this point, like, I like it, but I am getting a little like, okay, you know, it's fine. It's a trope. Yes, it's trope. I guess what I'm saying is it's not my favorite trope. Fair enough. Uh, There are feuding families. (laughs) I put feuding families, LOL, in the notes because (laughs) it worked on me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And he was imprisoned by Napoleon. I mean, he was imprisoned by one of Napoleon's lackeys, but yes, he was imprisoned by the French. Yeah, during the Napoleonic Wars, Meg. Yes. Sometimes we cut out nuance in the name of being pithy and funny. (laughs) But then I'm just here to fix you anyway. (laughs) Okay. So this book is like super low angst, and I loved that. I kept... There's a lot of background plot mm-hmm. with these matchmakers copying her maps, with her making these maps of the heart that women are into, with the guy who imprisoned him potentially coming back for revenge. With, And it was funny to me how insignificant all of those extenuating. Her dad's going blind. Like, really, it's there. this could have been a high angst book in someone else's hands. Mm-hmm. And Kate Bateman's just like, oh, no, all of that's just flavor text. Yeah. Well, let me give you an example. So he's imprisoned in the Caribbean because he got a a false map. He stole it from the French. Yes. So he had a map um, supposedly created by the British Admiralty that was just wrong. There were there were islands in the wrong places and blank spots where there should be islands, et cetera, things like that. And he's captured because he runs aground where he doesn't expect there to be land, right? Right. And he is back in town and he has decided to take revenge on the person who created this map uh, because it led to his imprisonment, whatever. It was part of his motivation for, you know, staying strong, getting out of prison. Turns out that Harriet is the one who created the map, right? So she's the cartographer who was hired by the British Admiralty to create false maps that they would plant, right, or allow to be stolen by the French so that they also would have issues and run aground, you know. Right. So my example of this being low angst is this could have been like a big conflict for the book. She's keeping it a secret. He doesn't find out till halfway through that the woman he's courting is also the person he needs revenge on, blah, blah, blah. And in the hands of a different author, that would have been played, I think, to the max. Mm-hmm. Here, he finds out in chapter one or two. And after that, he's like, well, guess I can't take revenge. Right. And that's it. It was, And, like, honestly, I really liked that. Same. It made a lot of the fluffy secondary plots feel unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But I prefer unnecessary to annoying. Um. Yeah, I agree. And they were unnecessary, but they were they were cute. Like yes. when they when they went after the rival cartographer. Yep. It was very cute. 
Yes. I liked it. So yeah, basically the book ends up being about Harry and Morgan redefining their relationship. Yeah. From, you know, we have to stay away from each other. We both like each other, but we can't be together because family stuff. And now they're like, oh, we made a kissing bet. So I guess we have to kiss a lot. I mean, I want to give Kate Bateman even more credit. Their number one reason they can't be together isn't the family stuff. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're both laughing at how many people in their families have gotten married. They both have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about the family stuff, but he's pursuing her pretty blatantly and wants to marry her from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And her biggest reservation is she doesn't want to be married to a naval man. Yep. Which is legitimate. Totally like, legitimate. Now, granted, they don't talk about that, which would have been my preferred means of working that out. But in fairness, they were seeing each other for the first time in like five years. And this whole book takes over the course of place over the course of like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. So like they talked about it as soon as they needed to. They did. They did. I had a really fun time reading this book. I was never annoyed by this book. I agree. And it was just a very, like, I just blew through it. Like, I read it, I think, from beginning to end very quickly, which is very enjoyable. It's definitely one you don't want to put down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I like, one of the things I also liked about it is that Morgan has been thinking about Harriet for the entire time that he's been at sea, right? Yes. And she's like, yeah, sure, he's been thinking about me, whatever. It turns out that he's been using her as, like, the example of everything that he and his soldiers have left behind. So, like, what are you fighting for? You're fighting for the Harriet Montgomery's left in England, you know? But he's doing it by saying, you think this is hard? Think about what Harriet's made me do. Yes. It was, I really liked it a lot. I liked yeah. how it came out. It's not like he ever, he never tried to hide it from her, but it also just wasn't anything like on his mind. Right. And she finds out about it because she's dancing with one of the officers who served under him. And this young man is like, oh, so you're Harriet Montgomery. I've heard so much about you <laughs> from Captain Davies. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> More details, right. please. It was, I loved it. I really liked it. It's, it's one of those moments of, uh, it's like the evidence, right? Mm -hmm. The moment of, of truth or the proof that you need that it's always been you. Yep. And it's not an actual thing that he's been keeping this time. This time it's how he's been talking about her and thinking about her forever. I mean, this conflict, other than the naval career situation, is largely, like you said, the two of them reframing things they know have happened in the past. Mm -hmm. She took a lot of his interest in her and almost kisses and gestures to, you know, be nice to her as kind of tricks. Mm-hmm. And she's realizing just how many of them were sincere. Yes. Well, and again, like you said, it's it's redefining. When they were 14 or 15, even if they were sincere, he had to pretend like they were fake and he was just making right. fun of her, right? Right. And now... She's she's assuming that it's going to be the same thing. Yep. And it's it's not and it's just really good. I really liked it. I I, I don't want to give too much away because it is like the resolution of the conflict. Mm -hmm. But the way the conflict was resolved was really nice as well. It was it's I think Bateman did a really good job of showing that neither Harry nor Morgan were perfect yes. in this situation. But also that both of them had to compromise or bend a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Me too. So really, I mean, I know we abused this word to death. This was fun. Mm-hmm. Like this was especially after a lot of really angsty Christmas novellas. Yes, un unnecessarily un, uh, angsty Christmas. <laughs> this was just fun. It was really good. Uh, all right. Any content warnings? No, but I have one more thing I want to say. Oh, I really liked the way previous characters were incorporated. Yeah. Like it wasn't, this is my perfect level of, I definitely gained something from having read the previous books. And I felt like everybody who showed up was in character, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't shoehorning in appearances without context for the plot. No. And it, it made sense when the previous characters appeared, what they were doing, how they supported Harriet or how they supported Morgan. Nice. Enjoyed it. Did you notice that his name is Captain Morgan? Yes. (laughs) Well, his name is Captain Montgomery. No, his name is Captain Davies. Whatever. His name is Captain Davies, but Captain Morgan. Yeah, I didn't notice. (laughs) Worst, everybody else's worst night is tequila. Mine was Captain Morgan. Uh Uh-oh. So, of course, I noticed. Morgan Davies. <laughs> Ruined my life. Okay. Now, shall we move on to content warnings? Yes. So, I mean, I guess the first one is that he was a prisoner of war and tortured. Yeah, but that really it resulted in tropes, back covered in really sexy scars. So, mm-hmm. the end result was worth it. Yeah. That's really, no, it wasn't. I'm just, I'm a total whore for that. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, it is it is part of the content. It's not on the page. Like, there's no torture scene. Well, there's you no him describing mean? his torture either. Not really. He's just like, it was tough. I survived it. And now I'm back to get Harriet. I mean, as, as, as explicit as it got, it's like, I was only given one meal a day. Or I took a beating. It was never like yeah. the descriptions of emaciation or no. wounds. or It is not gory at all. No, not at all. Um, that is the other content warning though, is that mm, there is a villain in the book who does attack them physically. Yep. And they, I mean, they end up together happily ever after they incapacitate him violently, but like he's unquestionably the bad guy. So Mm -hmm. like, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I have, I have no issues with this book. I'm, you know, just mentioning it. I mean, I don't look, if I, Meg is like, and he punches the bad guy in the face and it was great. It's pretty unproblematic. Like, you know, he punched the bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> right. If you're going to resort to physical violence, incapacitating the evil man with a gun is sort of the time to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I have an issue with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you may have noticed there's no content warning about consent or about sexiness at all. And that's because this book was, like, perfectly sexy. Which sometimes bet books can feel like there's a little bit of forcing going on. And never, like, look, we still read them. We still often love them. But, like, the bet is, like, a point of coercion. Yes. And Bateman does this amazing thing where, basically, she she gives Harriet an out for the bet. And Harriet gets out of the bet. But then she chooses to enter into another bet. Like, 
Well, and honestly, the sexiest manifestation of this consent is the sex bet. Oh my God, yes. And he's like begging her to stop him. Mm-hmm. And she does not. And it was so hot. It is so hot. It reminds... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, again, okay, spoiler, jump forward 30 seconds a minute if you want to. I, it reminded me a little bit of Back to the Future, right? With like, don't dare me because I'm just going to do it. I've never seen Back to the Future. Oh, well, you're missing out because that is a pretty amazing trilogy. But <laughs> that's what she does. She's like, I bet you can't. I bet you can't keep kissing me until I tell you to stop. And she doesn't tell him to stop, so. Oh, my God. And the scene between her and Maddie talking about it mm-hmm. was also just so fucking cute. Mm-hmm. I really also, liked it. I just want to be extremely clear that not all the kisses are on the mouth, which is a trope we have seen, and it is perfect every fucking time. Leave me alone. Every time. Every time. Oh, you're going to have three kisses. And he's like, yes, but you never specified where. And I thought it was also fun. Okay. Like, little tiny touches. She's never been kissed at all. Mm-hmm. And yet, even after he promises it won't be, the first kiss is on the mouth. It was just like, good job, Kate Bateman. Good job. And just really, really good job. Like it was, we've talked about different books before where, I mean, our preference is always that the the intimate scenes between the characters further the plot and the character development. Mm-hmm. And um, in general, those are, you know, our, our preferred books. There are specific books where I think the sex scenes are like perfectly done. And I think this is one of them. Right. It's, it fits the book. Exactly. Right. Exactly. They're very good. I don't know if I'd rank them as my favorite, not as an insult at all. Like I just haven't mulled over that question, but there's nothing I'd change about them in the context of this book. No, exactly. I totally agree. So I have a serious question. Yeah. With Orchids and Mistletoe, was Kate Bateman body snatched? Can she tell us? Because what happened? I don't know. I don't know. I did hear after the fact that she did warn some people like in her Facebook group. She's like, just so you know, this is closed door. I think it had to be like higher up on the book jacket or the cut. You've seen the cover for that book, right? Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it's a clinch cover. Like, but who asked for it is my question. Like, was she writing for some like put the Christ back in Christmas club? Like, what the fuck? I guess, so I haven't done that much research. This is based on a couple of Instagram comments, but my understanding is that the series that that's from, Secrets and Spies, is a closed-door series. Well, then she was wasting her talent. (laughs) No, I mean, I can't disagree with you because this this book and the previous book, like, the, the, the way she wrote the sex was, like, so good. And, like, so necessary to the plot. Yes, exactly. I just, she still got it. If anyone was terrified, she still got it. She still got it. This book is great. It, it's honestly one of the most fun romances I think we read in 2022. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it, I think this ended up being top 10 for sure. I mean, we've oh. read like about 100 of them. So I'd have to do a lot of digging through my psyche to remember what we've totally finished. But I'd say it this was is definitely in the top 10% for me. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely top 10%. Um, It's definitely in the top. I would say 20 romances that we read in the past year. So 
It may be even higher than that. It just, we <laughs> haven't bothered to make a list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have a list, but it's not ranking like in that order. So, uh, so anyway, highly recommend if you couldn't tell that already. Yep, highly recommend it. This whole series is really fun as long as you go into it understanding that it is not an actual feud and not a single one of these books is enemies to lovers. Thank you That's so much it. for listening.